Hi everyone, Kelly Gray here with episode 7 of Athletes Rising. In this episode, we get to talk to Matt Shembry, a very interesting person, former Division I college soccer player at San Jose State. We talk a lot about his journey, about how he got to San Jose State and realized what was his dream of playing Division I college soccer, some of the pitfalls and some of the challenges that he experienced along the way, a lot of the lessons learned. And then we get into post-playing career and how a lot of the lessons that he learned through soccer actually helped him when he had to come across the biggest challenges in his life up to that point and, um, and how it all correlates together. So in this episode, I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. It's, um, it's, it's a heavy one. It was so much fun to record. Um, please leave comments on our Instagram page, athletes.rising, and spread the word. So without further ado, here we go. Enjoy episode seven with Matt Shembry. Hey, everyone. Here we are with Matt Shembry, episode seven, Athletes Rising, and we're just going to jump right on in. All right, Matt, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, So let's just start. Soccer's your game. It's your thing. Let's start at the beginning. How did you... How did you find it? How did you fall in love with it? Yeah, it's, it seems like a long time ago, but you know, it's one of those things. I didn't have soccer playing parents. I had athletic parents. My dad was a great athlete. My mom was too. But you know, soccer was one of those things. I just, I dabbled into other sports and played a few things throughout my younger years and soccer stuck. But I remember one vivid moment where I went to an elementary school by my house. I had one of those old, uh, soccer balls with a net at the end you put the ball in yeah. and you basically juggle while holding a string with yeah, the soccer ball yeah, yeah. and I'll never forget my dad thought it was the coolest thing ever and and I was probably five or six at that point and I just realized that I was better at that than all the other things and <laughs> I dabbled still in all the other things but that's when I remember getting my first love and my dad I think cringed because he was a baseball player yeah tennis player you know had all these things and soccer had never crossed their minds and <laughs> there I was juggling a soccer ball and I think my parents just fostered that love early and saw that I loved it and I just took off from there really so at that point um were you you playing rec soccer had you started playing rec soccer or were you just like what was the the process at which your parents kind of started to support that I, I distinctly remember I didn't play rec soccer at that time and I think at that moment, I remember my parents taking me to the Campbell Community Center. Yeah. At our, where rec soccer is still a big thing. Yep. Uh, and I remember in the backfield getting my first taste of quote-unquote competitive soccer where you yeah. played against other kids, <laughs> even though it's still rec. And it was these one-on-one drills, and it, it was like a a tryout for rec. And I'll never forget it. And I just remember dribbling past all these kids and loving it and they were having fun and I was having fun and my parents saw it and I was, I have a picture hanging up in my parents' room to this day. I remember it was my first jersey. It's white with these black stripes made by score, <laughs> black collar. Yeah. And I had my bleach, I had my bleach ball hair. I had my blonde hair, which I don't have anymore. Um, <laughs> and I think I was about five or so when that started. And that's kind of, yeah, wreck. Campbell Community Center was where it all went down. I love and I, it. And I'll, I, I, could, I could walk back there today and still, because it hasn't changed much. Of course, yeah. The fields are nicer. But I could still pick out these moments where I remember playing a kid named David Vetter. 
who ended up playing soccer at St. Mary's, who I remember playing nice. with for years. We would go one-on-one, and I could pick out spots on this field like it was yesterday. <laughs> it's so I, Now that I'm thinking about it, it's, like, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to remember, for sure. So um, at that point, you said you're five, four, five years Ooh. old or so. Uh, were you playing any other sports as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. I was playing baseball, trying to play baseball yeah, because my dad loved it. Um, and I enjoyed baseball. It was a great experience for me to see how a team works in a different way than other sports. Yeah. Um, so I played baseball. I remember I would, pl- I would go to basketball camps at Lee High School. Yep. Uh, and I would play, play volleyball. Not at that point, but I did at that moment when I started getting into soccer, I was switching off at that point between like t-ball baseball yep. and into farm baseball. Yep. Um, and then it was, you know, and then I just kind of learned how to do both. And I was the busy kid who would run around and yeah, basically was out of the house all the time at whatever sport was calling my name on that given day. I love it. You know, but so, yeah. Um, so at what point did you think, okay, soccer is, is like, I feel like I'm pretty good at it. I want to make that jump to be a little bit more serious and and make that jump to, I think at that time it was called Select Soccer. Yeah, so Select Soccer. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, what, at what oh, point did that happen? That, you know, that is a memory that I can literally, I would drive back there today and know exactly what happened. I lived in San Jose in a town home with my parents on Bullyu Court. It, and it was a cute <laughs> community in Hamilton Place over, yeah. you know, I could, loved it. And I remember walking down the street and I was juggling my soccer ball and there were like these streets that were basically cul-de-sacs yeah. as you walk down the street sure. and they probably were lined with six to eight really nice new at that point townhomes in, yeah, the, yeah. in the early 90s and this boy was playing soccer with his dad in the street and I'll never forget him Des Nucky and James Nucky and I turned and I was juggling my soccer ball and they say hey why don't you come and play and they were just kicking on I think it was a hockey goal nice a hockey goal and James was they were British and Love their accent. I'll never forget. And I started playing. And I remember at that point, I remember Des looking at my parents going, oh, my gosh. I'll never forget it. And I didn't realize how good I was. Yeah. I was probably yeah, yeah. seven or eight at that point. I had done some rec soccer mm-hmm. uh, for the Cheetahs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I remember practicing and doing all that stuff. And I went in there and I played against Des and James. And I remember one-on-one just beating Des. And he's not, you know, it was even though I was a kid, I remember we were going. Yeah. And I remember having a conversation with my parents and my mom and dad came home and said, Des thinks you're something, you got something. Yeah. And I didn't know anything to compare it to. So I was like, okay. And Des ended up being my first competitive soccer coach. Nice. And I played with his son, James, for quite some time through Central Valley. And that was my, but that was my moment. And I remember it. I remember it. I could pick out the cul-de-sac. I could, yeah. I could see exactly on the street where it was. And that was that moment that I went from, from rec soccer player to, to having yeah. someone tell me who I know had been at an area that, and at a level that they could appreciate what I guess I had at that point. Yeah. Um, to validate maybe that jump that at some point I was either going to make or I needed to make. Or, sure. And that was... Him, yeah, does Nucky. And so, um, you said seven, eight, maybe nine mm-hmm. years old. Yep. 
did you continue playing other sports at that time, or did you just focus on soccer? No, still played baseball. Still okay. did that. When I did was, you stop playing baseball? Um, I think I stopped playing baseball. I think I stopped playing baseball when I was maybe 11, 12, into like middle of middle school. Okay. Like end of fifth grade or the sixth grade, so I'll call it like 11. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, call 11. I still dabbled, but I realized I just loved soccer. Yeah. And I give base. I've given baseball the good old college try. Yeah. And I was good at aspects of baseball, and I wanted to really please my dad because he loved the game. Yeah. And I know he loved coaching me, but I knew at some point I just every time I stepped on the field at soccer, I just <laughs> loved it. Yeah. So how did your parents handle that with you? Because as you said, soccer was a sport that. They didn't really know anything about your dad being a big <laughs> baseball guy. Mm-hmm. You know, we see a lot today that pa- parents are the ones that are driving the sports for kids. Yeah. As opposed to listening. Yeah. And observing what their kids are most passionate about and want to, uh, you know, support their kids' passion. Yeah. As opposed to their own. So how did your parents handle supporting your passion that was not theirs? I think the biggest testament to my parents and the biggest compliment I can pay them is I honestly don't remember in a yeah. good in yeah, a good yeah. way because I don't remember having that I remember in a sense that that I remember making the transition yeah. and stopping and st- stopped playing baseball yeah and my dad was he was just like okay cool like and and I re- and I remember starting soccer and picking it up at a more rapid pace yeah and I think, like I said, the biggest testament is, which I wish, which is which I wish I'm hoping how I'll be for whatever that is for my own children. Yeah. I, and by, I don't remember is that it wasn't that, that argument or that, or that begging. It wasn't a trying time. Oh no, it wasn't that man. I had to beg and plead my way to play this sport that my parents knew nothing about Mm -hmm. and that. My mom was a star tennis player and volleyball player. My dad was a fantastic basketball and baseball player, all of which were not soccer. Yeah. <laughs> and here I was somehow playing this game, at a, and I was apparently very good at it. And I just yeah. never really realized it at that point. But no, I think the biggest compliment I can pay is, and I wish I see it more now, is that it was just a seamless transition. Yeah. It was, yeah, Matt. I think that's what I can say. It was, yeah, Matt, go do it. And we'll, yep. and we'll take you wherever you need to go and we'll support you with whatever you need. And there was not that contentious or that disappointment. Yeah, or yeah. I don't remember feeling that disappointment that yeah, I think yeah. kids, not in just sports, but just when they feel like they're disappointing their parents, yeah. whether it's grades or sports or anything. Yeah, whatever it might be. I don't ever remember that feeling Gotcha. when I had to make that move. And I think, that's why I think that's a testament to my parents. Oh, totally. And totally. and 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 I'm I'm forever grateful for that because it let me kind of go. Well, so as we uh, as we continue down this path here, we're going to jump into your more competitive soccer um, ranks here uh, as we get into like high school and things. But one thing I want you to keep in mind is if there's any moments where you felt um, challenge, where you felt mm-hmm. you know. You failed at something, and it was a transformative time. I mean, up until that point, it sounds like it was a pretty just kind of natural process to get to that level of figuring out that soccer was your sport. Um, now that you mentioned that, there were two. 
And, you know, as we get, I can save one, but I think the first one, and that's another, at, at, it's another one at Ida Price Middle School. I, I, you know, I can't remember a lot of stuff nowadays, <laughs> but these, it's amazing the soccer memories that you just never forget because we love the game so much. Yeah. Ida Price Middle School, it was the, it was a, it was a, not a failure because I did it. Yeah. I did it. But it was that, it's easy when you're juggling a soccer ball with your parents down the street and some guy finds you at Desnucky and says, come play. And yeah, it's just exactly, in the moment, yeah. it's great. And you're at the park and your parents are supportive and that's great. But to, to distinctly, I remember, I did remember distinctly making the trip over to Ida Price Middle School for my first competitive tryout. Uh-huh. You know, which at that point I think was more of a just show up. <laughs> yes. and, and go but it was still in my mind you know you had to get out of the car yep and get out there or else does nucky can't keep the guy on the kid on the team who sits in his parents station wagon exactly yeah and i remember that being a a tough moment for me because i had never experienced having you know rec soccer you show up you play it's good and i was so young yeah, you didn't really pay attention. No, now you're, you're just playing with your buddies. Now you're jumping into a team that's already in form, or already been formed, uh-huh. and, and I didn't know a anybody. Of boys that I knew James. Know each other. I knew James yeah. from forty minutes in his cul-de-sac down mm-hmm. the street from me, mm-hmm. and we ended up being best friends forever. Yeah, but at that moment it was for a nine-year-old kid. Yeah, however old I was, terrifying, absolutely terrifying. Yeah, and that was my first moment where I had to. For lack of a better term, man up, yeah, and become and just be okay with whatever the outcome might be, yeah, and take a little bit of a leap. Well, so talk me through that. Talk me through that moment. Like, was it was it mom and dad saying like, well, Matt, you gotta get out, or was it them saying, you know, we're gonna do whatever you want to do, but you just, uh... I, you know, to to say I knew the conversation verbatim would be tough. But no, my parents, as supportive as they always were, they also, when you committed to something, you were going to go do it. Yeah. Whether it worked out or not, my parents were, and I this is how I kind of now as a dad, but, you know, they were supportive in the sense that I know if I went out there and I didn't enjoy myself, they would have been okay with that. Yeah. But in that moment, it was, you're going to go and do this. Yeah. We've made a commitment to at least try. Yeah. And I remember going, and I think I've always been a little more mature in my thinking for my age. And I think I remember at that moment understanding my parents and knowing that I I owed it to Des and, to Des and James because they invited yeah. me out to this. I owed it to myself to see if I could do it. And to my parents for mm-hmm. taking the time out on their busy Saturday to take me to this, this little tryout. This yeah. little tryout. And and it took a few minutes and I got out there and the rest was history because it started to be the greatest yeah. journey of my life yeah, yeah. being soccer. But I remembered the door handles in my old parents' brown station wagon and I was terrified. Yeah. But it was it was my first success but at the same time it wasn't just that was my first little bit of uh what's the word I'm looking for um it was the first wall I had to get over yeah the first little barrier I had to break through sure and uh I'm forever grateful for it but it was uh it was yeah but I did it 
Yeah. But I would find out later in my life that you don't get through every barrier. Yeah. So that's that's just life. But I did that one. So let's let's go from there. You join this competitive team, mm-hmm. and, um. And let, let's talk through that kind of early competitive career. It was so different. Than it is now. Yeah. <laughs> than it is now. It was so different than what I had known when you just go to the same rec yeah, field yeah. on the same day. It's 100% different than what it is now. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I remember just becoming such great friends with these kids because we all shared this love mm-hmm. for the game. Yeah. And I had never met these boys. But I never, once again, like I never remembered my parents forcing me to not do something. Yeah. I don't remember that those growing pains. I just, it was a great transition in that sense that I got to make such great friends so fast. Yeah. But to learn the game at a different level, <laughs> even though I was nine and 10 and these boys are nine and 10, I've yeah. never seen some of these boys. Like, I thought I was good and I ended up being very good. But to see all of these great soccer players at one time, at one field, yeah. was was daunting and it took me a few weeks a month i it, it took me maybe a season yeah to to adapt to adapt and just feel like i belonged yeah to feel like i belonged cuz you know you do you, when you're the you know i wasn't even in a pond i was not the big fish in any pond i i never you know i was a wreck <laughs> you know it, wreck is wreck but i was uh it took me a while but you know that was a time and then once i kind of adapted it became just something I didn't want to stop doing. Yeah. You know, and, and I remember slowly growing, the jerseys would change. You would slowly start sure. going further and further away. Yeah. You know, you're not playing in San Jose anymore. You're making the jump to Manteca. You're going to uh-huh. Harris Ranch and staying with your buddies. And <laughs> yeah. you're, Sacramento and Lamar, and, and, Cherry Island. And Lamar, you know, you're yeah. in Lamar, California. That was our spot all the time. <laughs> make a hard left off five past Harris Ranch. And all of a sudden, it became... It became, there were moments there where I was like, man, this is expecting a lot of me. Yeah. Um, but I just loved the game so much. I kept going. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. kept, I kept going. Um, but there were moments there through, you know, my late middle school years into my high school years where as much as I loved the game, even at that moment, there were. You know, it's you, you, you get in that struggle where, man, I would love to stay home this weekend. Yeah. And be with my friends. Yeah. I would love to go. My, we never took a vacation. Yeah. Those didn't exist. You know, we, we did it, but when I, but there was something, and you probably know this, it's like fitness that we would do after practice. Fitness sucked in the thought of it. Yeah. But then when you did fitness, you realized you're fit and it would just, you just did it. It was one of those things, you know, oh, I got to go to Bay Oaks today in Oakland. Yeah. And then you get there and you see the field and you grab your bag and you see your cleats that you love so much and you just go, all right, let's go. Yeah, let's do this. I'm let's, just so excited. Yeah. Oh, I just, you just get this immediate like jacked feeling. Yeah. And those are the moments that I remember most about like my really getting into club competitive days. Yeah. Those random spots of California. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where you have no idea what you're doing. You're terrified. You, who am I going to play? Are they good? Are they this? And then you grab your... Adidas accelerator cleats out of your bag. <laughs> or you grab, you know, you know, yes. you grab your shin guards that mold deer and you put on your kit, which you look back and go, God, that was ugly. But you put it on, you're like, 
all right, let's go. Yeah, and felt then, like a superhero. And then everything clicks. And you go, man, I love this game. Yeah. And though, when I talk to my boys now as a coach, those are the moments yeah. that I tell them, remember these now and never forget them. Well, so how were your parents throughout all of this? Because like you said, they they had played competitive sports and things, but competitive soccer is a, a little bit of a different beast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're... You're coming up. You're getting better. They're seeing that. You're mm-hmm. traveling a lot more now. Um, how how were they, and like what role did they play in your development and um, you know both as a player and uh, and as a person at this time? My parents played a big role in the person I became. In the player I'd become, you know, my parents were never the type where when I would get in the car after the game or during a game, shoot it, yeah, pass yeah. it. Why wouldn't you? Do- because they didn't get it, which I think in hindsight was a great... Was, was great, yeah. Was great. My parents throughout that time were who I want to be when my kids get to my age yeah, at totally. that point. They sat at the corner flag. They didn't get involved with other people. Yep. They wanted to just watch their son play soccer. At the expense of maybe making friends with other people. Yes, we were, they were friends with my friends, parents, sure, and they sure. loved it. But when game time came, my parents just wanted to watch me play. I'll never forget, you see all the parents on the sidelines, and this is a good thing, but my parents were over when you could still do this, you know, not like today where everyone has to sit like, <laughs> you know, where there's certain areas. They would sit over by the corner flag in their beach chairs and just watch me. And the only times my parents would ever speak is when I would do something either great, yeah, and they would, I could hear them cheer, which is great to hear, or back to the original point of when you say to help grow as a person or as a yeah. player... It was as a person when I can distinctly remember making mistakes and er- having errors in judgment in terms of losing my cool. Yeah. Getting yellow cards for speaking back to the ref. Yeah. And the conversations when I drove home, whenever about the tactics of the game or shooting here, shooting here, passing this, doing this. Yeah. It was either Matt, you played great today and it was awesome. We had so much fun watching you. Yeah. Or Matt, you needed to handle that situation better. Yeah. And we're, we're, you got the famous phrase, we're disappointed in you. Totally. And the fact that you would speak like that to a referee, which yeah. I admittedly had those moments. Uh, we all We have, are not yes. perfect, even though we tell we our students and kids we coach now that we are. <laughs> um, those And those are the conversations that were hard to hear in the moment. Yeah. Being a young kid. But I can literally remember now. Yeah. And they obviously had an impact on me. And that, to me, of all the things youth sports, not just soccer in general, yeah, have to offer, and I hope parents and, and coaches, and that's why I pride myself on doing it now, is I take from what my parents taught me in those moments, and I try to not just teach my own children, but teach and coach my boys through. There's always a message beyond the game. Of course. Of how to be a better person. Yep. Of how it relates to life beyond soccer, because we're all not going to make it as great as I thought I was. Yeah, I wasn't you. I didn't get to play for. At some point, these life lessons, and that's what my parents really hammered home to me throughout those early competitive years. I remember being helping kids up off the ground, and my dad would tell me how great that was when I'd get in the car. Yeah, or when I would tell my team because I was the captain, take a knee because I noticed a boy was down on the ground. Yep, and. Those were the compliments I got from my parents. Yeah. Or yeah. the moments where I was told I needed to be better. Well, it's, um, you know, for me, it was, you know, Clive Charles, yeah. 
yeah. always said it. And um, in, in our last episode of Lauren Hansen, we were talking about it a bit, where Clive taught life mm. through the medium of soccer. 100%. And yeah, I would love to play for that guy. It was... Because um, that's a message that's amazing. The game was the game, mm-hmm. but all of the things that you learn through the game Carry don't really have to the do with the game. They have no. to do with life and how mm-hmm. you treat people and how you treat situations and all these things that you're talking about and um and i know your parents well and yeah you know your dad was my favorite high school teacher yeah leadership yeah. teacher yep. yep and um and yeah so i i very much resonate with what you're saying about about the lessons that that they taught so mm-hmm. um so at what point then was it did you did you start to realize that maybe i could play this game beyond beyond high school you know mm. maybe i maybe i could play at a college level yeah that was that was probably the toughest the toughest but the mo- that was the toughest moment of my competitive soccer career mm-hmm. pre high school. I realized about seventh eighth grade that I was outgrowing these people that I had spent mm-hmm. four or five years of my life with that I had that found me literally off the street. Yep. To start this journey. And I find myself to be a very loyal human being. I still am to this day. Yep. And I have a hard time leaving something that I'm both comfortable with, but I feel like I owe something to. Yeah. And I will never forget the struggle that I had for days, weeks, as maybe a season was coming to an end with my current team to know that I needed to move on. To a team that would take me. A, because at that point I was realizing. I was making the ODP yeah. state teams. I was doing the ODP thing. And I was still with these great group of boys. But I was. But you needed to push yourself. So you needed to you needed to put yourself in a different situation. That was going to push yourself a bit more. I did. And that was terrifying for me on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Because I was so comfortable. And I was so good. I, I Talking about ponds. I was the massive fish. Yeah, in a in, small, in, in a small very pond. small pond, I was looked at like, yeah. give the ball to Matt, yeah. and it was a great feeling. But I knew, for both my development, and just for my own personal growth, yeah, to just push myself, I needed to do it. But it was the hardest thing I've ever done was to look at Des and his son James and say, "I'm going." And I knew when I left, probably four or five other boys were going to leave too. And lo and behold, that's what happened. Yeah. But I had to do it. It was it was not because I wanted. I just knew I had to do it. Yeah. And that was that moment. And that was the moment where I realized, man, I'm going to attack high school soccer head on. And I'm going to make that varsity team. Yep. And at that point, I was an eighth grader, seventh grader. And I was the eighth. I was, the, you know, I was the fifth grader playing on the eighth grade team. Yeah. Like yeah. that, you know, Rolling Hills Middle School. Like, totally. These little signs as I was going through yeah. showed that I was a very good soccer player. And I was either going to make that leap or I was going to just stay and just enjoy my time. Yeah. And you know, be a decent high school soccer player and just maybe find other interests. Yeah. But that was the hardest moment because I was I was gonna I was gonna break a loyal a bond that was gonna be tough to break. Yeah, I mean I, I, I understand that moment. I didn't have the guts to do what you mm-hmm. did. I stayed with the team. And I was fortunate, though, because I felt like the team rose to my 
like to where I thought I was to, to yeah. my level. Uh-huh. And so um, I never really felt I needed to leave. And one of the things that I did that was, I think, a little bit different, you know, I'd been recruited to go play on all these other club teams yeah, that yeah, were yeah. these superstar teams. But I just wanted to stay and play on my club team with my friends. Like, yeah. These are my best friends. Yeah. And, you know, as the years go on, you know, people drop off and drop off. We still had a core of about nine guys yeah. that were together from the time that we were, I don't know, nine years old. Mm-hmm. And so the last, like, two years of club ball, so, like, U17s, U18s, mm-hmm. um, basically I started flipping it where I started recruiting all those other guys to come <laughs> and join our team. Yes. So I didn't have to leave and I was able to get all those other guys to come and join my team, and that really raised the level. And that's, you know, you can go, you can, you can slice something a thousand different ways, right? And yeah, and I was lucky enough to where when I went, a decent amount of my friends came with me. Yeah, and they, and this is, you know, we had we had really good soccer players on my team, and this is by no means saying I was the shooting star. Yeah, and these boys that followed me, and we made a pact to go to this new team. I was fortunate enough to make new friends, bring in some old friends, and almost start the second chapter of my competitive soccer. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's what I was in that sense I was fortunate. I was able to kind of bring in the old with this new group, like I seen from like the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like my buddies plus this new group. And we came together to kind of create the second great chapter, personally for me. Yeah. But I just, you know, that's the one, I think I can look literally, and I think that's the one time I've done something like that. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I think in that moment, I was just, I was so driven. That yeah. I, and, and it was a great decision, because I loved that next chapter. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, let's um let's jump into this, this time where... You realize now you're going to play Division One ball. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk, you know, for a couple minutes about when, how you picked San Jose State, how mm-hmm. how that process went yeah. down, and then let's let's get into your experience at San Jose State. Yeah, um, I you know I had I was I was fantastic in high school. I was playing at this much higher club. My high school experience was great. I loved it so much. I went and taught there again and coached there. I loved it so much. At Westmont High School, shout out. Um, but there was a moment where I started getting the phone calls from local community colleges. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like, I was just, the opportunity to play anywhere was going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, then I started getting the phone calls from, you know, the smaller colleges yeah. and this. And then all of a sudden, I remember looking over and there's San Jose State. And there's Cal State Stanislaus. Yeah. And there's Chico State. And the funny thing is, out of all of it, I remember, and all of this went through high school. Not a lot, ironically, through the yeah. whole thing back in our day. It was a lot of it was through high school, and, yeah. and that's what hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah, I could have probably stayed with that because my played so great in high school. Yeah, all of this was back in the day, still high school driven. Yeah, and the funny thing was, I'll never forget. And if Gary, you're listening, I went to my meeting at San Jose State with Gary St. Clair. To play D1 ball at San Jose State out of Westmont High School. I was going to be one of the few D1 athletes to come out of there. And I said no. (laughs) First time. Because I went and I didn't like the vibe. Yeah. And I ended up actually playing a season at De Anza. Mm -hmm. Because it felt right. Colin Lindors who... Oh yeah, I remember Colin. And best decision I ever made. Mm -hmm. Best coach I ever played for. 
I'll never forget him as long as I live. He called me Shrembry. <laughs> added an extra R to my name because that's how his accent came yep, out. Yeah. But I didn't realize in that moment who I was playing for. That man coached national teams. Oh, he's a legend. He's a legend. Yeah. And I learned more from that man in three months. I literally played a season, took my microeconomics. Yeah. I think I don't even know what I was doing. But I went to play because I didn't feel comfortable. I yeah. made it, I and I feel like I made the right decision. I had a really good season, learned a lot at De Anza, and lo and behold, two people came calling again, San Jose State yeah. and Cal State Stanislaus, and I actually turned down a full ride to Cal State Stanislaus because I just didn't want to live in Stanislaus. Yeah. And the meeting, the second meeting I had with Gary, entirely different than the first. Yeah. My, I think I had grown as a person. Yeah. It's amazing the different person you are between a half a year of college and a high school senior. Oh, yeah. And I think... I had a different aspect to my game that Gary appreciated at that moment. And I left that meeting, I'll never forget, walking into the parking lot in front of the offices and going, I'm going to play Division One soccer. Yeah. And it was the coolest moment of my life. <laughs> totally. It totally. was, it's still, as you, you can't see my smile on this podcast, but it was, oh my God, I did it. Yeah. I did it. You know, and whatever yeah. happened. And at that point, because I always deep down knew I wasn't going to maybe be a professional soccer player. Mm-hmm. But that was my holy grail. Yeah. And I turned down my holy grail. And that was a very, in hindsight, that was a very mature decision on my part, not to toot my own horn. Yeah. Because I knew I wasn't liking what I was getting myself into. Yeah. I wasn't comfortable. Yeah, it was an uncomfortable situation. And did I know I wasn't going to get to play for Colin because he wasn't the coach? He's not who recruited me. He actually showed up that season. Yeah. But it ended up being the greatest moment. And I ended up still getting the greatest thing at the end, which was being told I was going to be able to come out to a division one program yeah and play and then that was well let's let's take this opportunity to have a a little break um when we come back from it i want to get into your college career at san jose state a little bit about the transition when soccer stops and then you know let's go beyond soccer and some of these lessons in these these the adversity that you faced um past that and how that's helped you grow as a person so Um, we'll be back after these messages. Today's episode of Athletes Rising is brought to you by Cinch. Cinch is an API-driven sports management platform that simplifies the registration and management process for parents, coaches, directors, and organizations. No more jumping between apps or websites trying to figure out where all of your kids' information is. Cinch puts your entire sporting life in the palm of your hand. Do you or your organization run any kind of camps? Cinch is going to be your answer. Download the app, register your organization, create your camp program, and publish. It's as simple as that. All done from your tablet. Now any parents can search and register their players directly from their phone. You can manage all of your registrations, communications, finances, and even marketing all from your tablet. That's right. Cinch is a mobile app. So as an organization, you can have it with you out on the field as well as at home or in your office. To learn more about Cinch and all that it has to offer, visit the website at cinchhq.com or download the apps from the App Store and Google Play. All right, we are uh, back from that quick little break um, with Matt Shembury. Uh, we also are joined by my co-host, Dustin Aval. He's back. He's back, folks. Back. Full squad now. 
full squad. Now it's, we, now, we've now got it's a party. The yeah. starting team Let's go. is back together. Let's go. <laughs> so, Matt, we just ended talking about um, you've now realized you get to realize that dream of playing Division One soccer. So, yeah. you know, let's let's jump into kind of the experience of what D1 soccer was for you at San Jose State. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was the Holy Grail. It was what I had worked for for my entire life, but it was terrifying. Yeah. And just in a good way, an exciting way, but a something that I was not prepared for, and it took me a little while to get ready for because it, it was an entirely different level. Yeah. And uh, to see, to walk out there my first day, I sat in my car in my Ford Ranger before I sold it, <laughs> and with my Spartan sticker that I put on, and I was waiting in the parking lot, just waiting to like go into the locker room yeah. for the first time, and as I was seeing kind of guys come in from other areas... And it is a meld, it's a melting pot of, it's totally different than anything I've ever experienced. You're getting guys from Australia, San Jose, Arizona, mm-hmm. and to sit in a room at, on the first day with all these guys and know that I was good enough to... To sit in that room. <laughs> to sit in that room was what I'd worked for for my entire life. Yeah. And from there, it was just a... a clinic on how to <laughs> screw up figure it out you know be terrified it was all those things we freak out about when we we're like eight or nine yeah i was experiencing experience it didn't last as long but there were those first few days were do i remember how to trap a soccer ball because you're just you're you're in your own head and yeah but it was and i think i was like a kid i was like a school boy like yeah. i was just so excited to be on this beautiful pitch on this with these players that walk in, they're seniors, and I'm an 18-year-old freshman, and these yeah. guys are 22, and you look at them, and you go, I read about you. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. my own oh, personal yeah. little, oh, you're Johnny Gonzalez, oh, you're Nelson. Like, it yeah. was, and I'm sitting next to them. They're your, they're your colleagues now. And they're, they're and not then your idols I'll, anymore. I'll never forget, leaving the room, goes, coach goes, let's get to work. And I went, what do we do? <laughs> And I'm like, oh, yeah, that means we grab our cleats and we, like, get to, out to the field. <laughs> and you walk out there and then the rest was kind of – it was just – it took off from there. And I just remember every day just becoming more and more comfortable yeah. with the process. And I came in because I played for Deans in the fall. So I actually came in in the spring. Yeah. Which, once again, was a great way to come in because spring's a little more laid back. Yeah, totally. It's a great way to transition. Um. And that spring, I I had a hell of a spring. Yeah. I remember, and that's another moment. I remember playing at Stanford, Santa Clara, yeah. seeing Manny Belushi, yeah. seeing these guys that ended up playing MLS soccer mm-hmm. and watching them get the ball and go. And having having those moments of like, I need to stop watching them and remember <laughs> and what like, my job is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'll never forget, it was the first, you know, I, I got opportunity and I played well, but you know, you're kind of getting in. I'm a sure. freshman, second semester. And I'll never forget, I went up to USF. It was a beautiful day. We played USF Dons at midday and I got my chance second half and I played out of my mind. I remember I got two great opportunities. I played left mid, um... And I remember that was the moment where I played well and I went, okay, I belong. Yeah. Like this was my moment to go. And from there, Cal Poly came into town and then Stanford came into town and we're playing these spring games. So you're playing different people, but I was in the game. I was 
feeling it. I could feel my confidence growing and uh, went into left spring, went to play my summer soccer with whatever, you know, PDL team, PDL yeah. team you could get up and, you know, yeah, we yeah. would talk with coach and figure out where we're going. Had a great summer and I'll never forget it. And this was the moment that changed my entire landscape of my college career because I mm-hmm. think I saw it going one direction. Came back, it was captain's practice, sophomore year. I had had my exit spring meeting, if I can actually go backwards, yeah. with coach. Hey, Matt, you know, it's it's been great watching out here. You know, you've got a chance of being my either starting left back or starting left mid. Yeah. It's been that great of a spring for you. And I left that meeting going, oh, my God. I've, I got it. If I, I, it's mine. Yeah. Because at that point, that's all I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. And I went to the summer. It was great. Loved it. And then never forget and I'll shout him out on this thing and hopefully you guys are still Facebook friends. And we, we came back and we uh, had captain's practice. And at San Jose State, we couldn't get on the grass field because something was going on. So we have this tiny small turf field next to the Simpkins Center where we do all our weightlifting. Yeah. It's probably like a 40 by 50 turf replica sure. field. We're basically, it's a utility field. Yeah. And captains were in a practice. And I remember we're doing some possession. I ball comes to me. I can see it's actually coming to the middle. I can stretch my left leg, which I'm left footed. Yeah. I put my left foot out to reach for the ball. It plants, and this kid Pat comes in from my left. He reaches for the ball with his foot. My foot's in the way. He steps on my ankle, rolls it inside, and I hear snap, snap. Mm. And I go down in a absolute heap of pain. Ugh. I ended up Small fracture my ankle, couldn't get back in time, and had to redshirt that year. Oh. And I think that moment is where I've my biggest regret uh-huh. went because at that point, I redshirted. I worked my butt off. I you know didn't yeah. expect to redshirt. I expected to be a starter on a Division One yeah program. I mean, I I knew it was it was right there. Yeah, I was two weeks away from it. Yeah, a good two weeks of triple days, and I was. Fit as fit could be, yeah. I was going to be money. Mm-hmm. And redshirted and then made the team the next year, but I missed out on being part of a team that went to New Mexico and beat the number one team in the nation. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to travel. Mm-hmm. You know, all these little moments that I knew I could have been a part of, it ate at me. Yeah. And I was a little bit bitter. But that season, I powered through. Made the team the next season. Wasn't as good as a team, but I was a part of some great teams. Yeah. I mean, some great moments. Yeah. Beating Stanford in the final seconds of the game on my f- best friend Gavin's 21st birthday. He scores a goal at Stanford at Kagan Stadium. We went 2-1 on his 21st birthday. Yeah. Let's just say that night was great. Yeah. Um, per diem <laughs> was, was, was being well utilized on that, <laughs> on that night um, for the bus, after the bus ride home. So I was, I was that, but you know, there was that moment that my ankle fractured was a game changer in my college experience. So for sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, talk about, let's talk about that now. Like with looking back on it, um, do you think that because that happened, you, it hindered you from realizing what you wanted to in, in Soccer and and was that because of the injury itself or was it because of your reaction post injury? It was my reaction post injury. And and again, let's let's talk through like kind of what your mentality was there. I wasn't mature enough in that moment to handle that situation. What 
what, if anything, would you have done differently knowing now what you do? What you didn't know then? Um, I don't regret anything in my recovery. Yeah. I feel like I did everything physically to get back. Yeah. I did what I had to do. Because the injury was not incredibly serious, but mm-hmm. it was enough to have a coach look at me and say, we can't use a spot on you this year. Yeah. But mentally... What's that like? Uh, just yeah. to, hear, to hear and feel... like Because I imagine there was a conversation that went pretty oh, much 100%. like that. Like yeah. You probably heard those words. Uh-huh. And, and, and if I would have been a fringe player yeah. and not been coming off the spring that I knew I had a... It was mine. Spring, it was yeah. there. It was mine for the taking. I think I could have just been... I'm, I'll use the term blessed to be there. Yeah, yeah. And just embrace the moment and just gone. It is, I feel like I had something taken away from me. Mm. And I let that moment, and I think I use that memory when I coach kids now uh-huh. and talk to my own children to power through some adverse times, unlike what I did. Because yeah. I let it, life carried on. Yeah. I was still able to play and play with some great players and practice on a daily basis and be yeah. part of a D1 program. Because when you registered, you're not. You're still there. You're, you're still there. Yeah, you're part, you're, of you're part of everything. And I was did well enough that I even made the team the next year. Like I, yeah. I persevered. Yeah. But it even affected my mentality into that season when I made the team the next year. Uh-huh. And I just think I never. It's my biggest regret. Yeah. It's my biggest regret. I never, for some reason, snapped out of it, and that was my biggest failure as a soccer player. Was not. Getting through that and holding and not moving on from that uh-huh. and letting every little thing beyond that affect me. Well, yeah, I remember like Clive Charles would say to me, one of the things that always stands out is you have to have a short memory. Mm-hmm. You just have to forget. Yeah. Like, and, uh, and there's plenty of moments in my career that I want to forget. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, and it wasn't, I don't think I even realized what he really meant by that until like, later on in my career yeah because there was times in my early career where I'd be having just an absolute howler of a game yeah and I, and it was because I couldn't I couldn't get past it in my mind I was uh-huh. saying I'm having a disaster a of a game right mm-hmm. and then you start focusing on each touch and because you're focusing oh, on that touch you're missing yep. everything else yeah. and it's just it's just spiraling at this oh point. it's uh, a it's 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 a cluster mess of yes. badness and I was Go back to like the thing that everybody can relate to, whether you're an athlete or not. It's like when you can't sleep at night, yeah. and you're like, <laughs> "Why aren't I sleeping?" And then you get more and more worked up. Oh, and then, and then you... there's nine thousand reasons why you're not sleeping. <laughs> yeah, right? right. Versus like letting that piece go and then yeah. allowing yourself to get back into yeah. But and that no, and that's what happened. Yeah. And it was, but it wasn't like three days of that or one night. It was a year and a half of it. Yeah. Because I even made the team, and I would still doubt, oh, I'm not the starting 11. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not. Because I had achieved, I had gotten to that point, and then I was almost demoted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't demoted because I did anything in that moment. I got injured, but I let that affect. And I still went on to score my first college goal. Yeah. I scored a goal in Spartan Stadium. Against awesome. Cal State East Bay. I got to experience what it was like to score a D1 college goal. I got into a, a – I played official D1 college games. Yeah, I, yeah. I got to accomplish these things, but – But once you got there, you wanted more. I wanted more, and I yeah. let myself get in the way. Yeah. It wasn't anybody else. 
It wasn't my coach. Sure. It wasn't the people that played in front of me. Yeah. It was me. And that's my biggest regret to this day. And, uh, you know, but it taught me a lot. Well, so, you know, I know your relationship with your parents are very mm-hmm. close. What were they saying to you at this time? That was when I probably relied on my dad the most. Yeah. Because he would, and to his credit, is so insanely positive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, that is the moment where I needed that insane positivity. Sometimes you need to hear the tough truths and this. Sure. And that, in those moments, I just needed someone to tell me what I wanted to hear, mm-hmm. whether I liked it, whether it was True the or right not. thing to yeah. do in the yeah. moment, because that's what I needed. And my parents were big, just a massive support for me. Uh-huh. Um, and, but, you know, regardless how great, they were a greater support, but there just came a point where, you know, I'll never forget it. You just kind of reach a point where you just go, it's, Maybe time. Yeah. And that's the conversation I remember with my parents. Yeah, okay. Was, yeah, let's talk about that. Was knowing that I played the fall season, I got a hip injury, and I had some issues with my knee, and I was always thinking of life beyond soccer. I mm-hmm. knew I was not going to be a professional soccer player. Yeah. I was running my race, and it was great, and I was going to take it as long as I could. Yeah, yeah, sure. But it was not, I was not going to go beyond that. I was not going to be that guy who... Went here and tried out here and yeah, trialed yeah, yeah. here. And I was not mm. going to do that. And it was at the end of my junior spring season that I went, I can't, my knees hurt. I've, I, I'm thinking about having kids. You know, I was yeah. always that guy who wanted to be a family guy. And yeah. mm-hmm. I thought about the things like, if this just keeps going, I, this grind is insane. Yeah. And I went, you know, I sat in my car in the 7th and San Salvador parking lot. <laughs> I'll never forget it. And I was going there going, I was talking to my dad. And I think I'm going to go tell Gary I'm done. Yeah. Before my junior, I stopped to, I, well, it would have been my third year of eligibility. But yeah. I said, I think I'm just going to, my knees hurt. I can't get out there and do it the way I want. And beyond my injuries, I just didn't know if I just felt men- like I belonged. Done, I yeah. felt, I didn't feel like I belonged much anymore. Yeah, yeah. And that was a hard pill to swallow. And I remember, I think I may have even shed a tear. Yeah. Sure. You spend, you spend, yeah. at that point I was probably 20. Yeah. 21, 20. Yeah. I had played competitive, I, 15 years of my 20 years of living. Yeah. I had spent kicking a ball and having it mean something. Mm-hmm. And not not saying that I, because I ended up going to kicking balls for Sunday league teams. <laughs> sure. But, but for that, it it either meant I was, when I was doing it when I was young, I was doing it to achieve a goal. And when I was doing it in college, I was doing it because I had achieved that goal and I was trying to be the best soccer player I could be. Yeah. And to know that I wasn't going to have that anymore was a very hard moment to come to grips with. Yeah. I mean, mm. I, I definitely understand. Oh, that, I'm that sure. That moment of like... I'm sure. Oh, I've worked you know, on a for great, this. On a much greater level. I've worked for this my entire life and I achieved mm-hmm. nearly everything I wanted to achieve. It's done now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never wanted anything else. What the hell am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah, right? you know that was a it was a scary yeah. moment. And you yours know? was your job. I mean, and I can only imagine. At yeah. least I had these other aspirations of things that I knew I wanted to achieve. Yeah. 
but it's like something is just being taken away from you. Yeah. And you almost have to, you have to make the choice. Yeah. Like I made, I had to like, it's like for sad analogy, it's like you are choosing to put your dog down. Like I, I had to make the choice. Yes. To, to it, end it. Yeah. To put it I didn't have someone tell me I couldn't do it. Yeah. Did I really maybe think that might be coming? Maybe. Yeah. But I made that choice and that was looking back, man. Now that I can look back at it, because now I'm thirty, <laughs> yeah. gonna be thirty-four in a month. Yeah, man, 50, fifteen years on. Yeah, fourteen years on. That was like a big decision to make. Huge to take that. Have me take that away. And it's, I said, a, it's like taking yeah. away a part of your personality. A hundred percent. But little did I know it would lead. I built such a great foundation of my love yeah. for the game. Yeah, there were all these, but in that moment you can't see it. Yeah, but in hindsight. I had built this love for a game that I knew was going to carry now. Yeah. In that moment, I didn't know. But it carried on, obviously. How did you transition out of, like you said, kicking a ball and, and, and it meaning something, identifying as yourself as a soccer oh, player? Oh, yeah, 100%. Or that's all I identified as. As yeah. an athlete yeah. to whatever you, whatever you are when you leave that office. After that, are you, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, what's 100%. The self-identification? It, it, it's that you wander around and you literally like go, what am I going to do? Because you're yeah. used to the routine. You're used to that being a part of something. Um, but I quickly jumped into like the next phase of my life. Like that's all I knew what to do. Yeah. Was jump into being a teacher. What is that path? I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, I quickly got into coaching. Yeah. Coaching a, a local high Lee coaching at Lee High School and 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 the only thing I knew and I kind of do that now in my life is to just when I go through something I'm going to use the word traumatic because I'm probably going to refer to this in a few minutes Yeah, but in that moment it was traumatic to me Yeah, I've always been the person to like when something traumatic happens I go and just jump into something else Yeah, I'm not one to sit and like I have my moment so I had my moment in that 7th Street parking garage yeah. after I left Gary's office but then it was, all right, what's the next thing? Yeah. What what can I do to take my mind off, but also pursue yeah. and yeah. be the best at the next thing that I can do? Because that's all I've well, so tried. That, I mean, that's, that's interesting. I think if you look at kind of overall what we've talked about so far is at that point, you were, you were mentally where I think you wanted to be when you originally hurt your ankle, right? Because it was the, let's move on. Yes. You know, this, yeah. this happened. True. Let's move on. Yes. And at the yes. time when you hurt your ankle, you weren't there. I didn't have that. At the time when you stopped playing college the soccer. The irony of it all. You were there. <laughs> yep. How convenient. And uh, and so. <laughs> yeah, but, true. You're right. That's a great point. But I, but I think that, point. that that lesson as we, as we jump into kind of the next mm-hmm. phase of things, that moment of, of having that skill and being able to move on so quickly from that mm-hmm. really helped uh, in the next bit of uh, adversity that, that you were about to jump into if you want to lead, oh, lead us right I there. Mean, I mean, there's obviously small things here through the next, what, I was 20 and now I'm 34. So yeah. through the 14 years, all you hit adversity everywhere. And mm-hmm. it, you hit these tough moments where you have to make tough decisions and and be put in positions you don't want to be, but you got to face them. Yeah. Um, and I went through those through small, big, you know, but it was, you know, hindsight's always 2020. You're able to look back and go, man, I, I'm glad I went through that and this and it's helping me now. But when I was diagnosed with cancer and that, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing that I think 
being an athlete. Yeah. That's where almost I was able to regain that identity. Uh-huh. Mm. It took it went away for like 12, 13 years. Well, yeah. I was diagnosed at 31. So it went away for like 11 years. Yeah. But when I was diagnosed with cancer at like 31, I like went back into that D1 athlete, high school athlete, get what you want, go get the result you need yeah. mentality. Yeah. And I never th- thought that that would come back again. Yeah. But you have to be faced with something like that to appreciate all those skills I might have learned I didn't realize I was learning in the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to be diagnosed with cancer and, and go through what is the worst experience of your entire life, yeah. which hopefully never one has to experience and be poisoned and this and all the stuff people know and associate with the process. You have to, you have, all you can do is rely on the people that are close to you and that you love and all the hopefully skills you've learned to try to power through something like that. Yeah. Luckily, I had a great, great is not a word I should use. I had the support of a group of people that are priceless in my opinion, Mm -hmm. but I also had gained a tremendous amount of skills that I didn't realize that had gone in in the back of the closet yeah. mm-hmm. for a little while that I needed to call upon. Yeah. And, you know, I called upon him again because I got di- diagnosed with cancer for a second time. Yeah. And that was when I realized, like, there were moments there where it was touch and go. Yeah. And both mentally and literally physically. Yeah. Where you don't know if you're going to make it. And uh, you... I, I just, once again, it sounds cliche or it sounds convenient for me to say this, but it's, you hearken back to what have I learned through my life, mm-hmm. both from my, from my parents, from the people I've come across, but from the game that I loved and from the experiences that I went through, how can I use that just mentality, those moments where I had to power through the extra fitness I didn't want to do? Yeah. The, yeah. the <laughs> seeing the guy in front of me literally playing better than me, but I knew it was just, can I do that but better to achieve what I wanted? Yeah. It was those little moments that in a weird way got me through all of the chemo. Yeah. And I've had 30 to 40 rounds of it. Jeez. And then to get a bone marrow transplant and literally yeah. tomorrow is a year removed from when I got my bone marrow transplant. Yeah. Tomorrow, I literally had my bone marrow pumping through my body again, and I was on my deathbed. To to look back at that and be sitting here a year on, it's just, it's an amazing, life's all about perspective. Yeah. And I have a new perspective, Um, but what got me through all of it was the people I love and everything I've mentioned, but it's, it's the... It's the lessons I taught myself. I learned from Des Nucky. Yeah. When I was the eight-year-old juggling a soccer ball down yeah, the street. Yeah, totally. It was John Callen at Bellarmine College Prep, who was yeah. my coach on the second phase, of my, who taught me things that I'll never forget. It was Colin Lindors yeah. who taught me to never settle. Yeah. And if I thought I did something great, it wasn't good enough. And <laughs> yep. do it again. And when I thought I got through a round of chemo, but I had the next one coming. I got through that one, but it wasn't good enough. I got to do the next one. 
It's amazing how all of these things from my youth came back to literally save me. I mean, it's it's crazy. Having having gone through the process with you, obviously yeah, as an observer. For sure. I mean, I, I remember the day that you because uh, we were coaching together at the time. I remember the yep. day you came to the <laughs> field and you were like, I I I think I have cancer. Uh-huh. I, I'm waiting for the phone call for them yep. to tell me. Yep. And so having gone through that part, the, your whole first phase of chemo where I was blown away by um, the resilience you showed mm-hmm. because you'd go do a round of chemo on a Saturday and you'd come uh, up to yeah. training on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And you'd jump in and play with these boys. And these yeah. are 17-year-old, 18-year-old boys. And you'd play the entire session. And... I mean, I've never, I've never felt more worthless in my life because I'm like, I didn't even do anything, and I was too tired to go play. And uh, here you are yeah. doing that. So yeah. it, honestly, it was inspiring for me. But, um, but so going through, going through that first phase of chemo with you, and watching, watching you just kind of pony up every day and just be like, okay, I've got this yeah. many rounds left. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna get through them. Yeah. And you know, I'm just some days. I remember you calling me once, and you were like. I just needed to get on the bike and just pedal as hard as I could possibly pedal yes. just yes. to just to like almost like work the cancer out of you yeah. and flush the chemo out yeah. of you and, and those kinds of things. So going through that piece, I thought was uh, it was interesting knowing your background in soccer mm-hmm. and, and the drive and the perseverance that you'd shown in order to get to where you did in your career in soccer and then seeing how that would translate into your going through this process of chemo and then. Um, you had that kind of break in the middle, mm-hmm. and then the cancer came back. Yeah, and at that time, it was in again from a, an observer's perspective, it was a very different experience than the first one 100%. for you. Yep, and you know, the thing that I noticed the most in you from it was, I saw your dad. You were your dad in that second <laughs> phase because <laughs> because you your dad is knowing him well. He's mm-hmm. As you said earlier, one of the most positive people I've yeah. ever met in my life. He yeah. can take the worst situation and find the positive in it. Yep. And and then just grab onto that thing and get through it based upon that little positive yep. notion. Right? Yep. He's, he's never, ever going to focus on the bad. 100%. And again, as the observer in this, that was what I noticed in you because... I mean, I remember those conversations before you were having the bone marrow transplant and questioning if you, even if you were going to. Yep. We didn't know what was going to happen. No, yeah, there was they nothing had, there. They had done uh, the biopsy to check everything, and it was yep. like you're kind of holding off to see. And then yep. I remember that phone call of like, we're doing it. Yeah, I remember It's good, it. yep. and, um, and we're just going to get through this. Mm-hmm. And, and again, from the observer's perspective here, you the positivity that you had picked up from your parents mm-hmm. is really what in my mind drove that second yeah. that whole second round of things i i was that is one thing that i look back and i'm very proud of myself that i was able to do now trust me yes my wife who was <laughs> is someone you know my parents are great people they taught me a lot my wife was the person who was able to Find a fantastic balance of Matt. I'm going to be here for you, but we're going to get through this. Pony, like to steal your phrase, pony up, and we're going to do this. Yeah. And you're going to get it done. And to hear my wife say that 
and get me through that and to hear to harken back to my parents and keep me positive. Yeah. But I pride myself and I pride my I pride I I pride myself on the the I do the positivity I kept through the entire process. But totally. you don't do that without the people that surround you. You can't stay positive without people like you and coming home to my wife every day and talking to my parents who and surrounding yourself with people that can help you maintain that mm-hmm. because if you don't have that I can only imagine how hard it would be. Yeah. Um so to learn that from my dad to be married to such a wonderful woman like my wife who was able to keep me positive who sees me every day. Yeah. But also keep me motivated. Yeah. And then friends like you who can bring me back down to earth to just just remind talk, me life talk soccer, man. to remind me life yeah. is still there and you're not it's not like the whole world's caving in. Yeah. I can't. I give you crap about Man U and how they're Ex- doing exactly. Terrible. Now I can give you crap about Arsenal yeah. and how much of a bad show it is. It's, um, it's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> but you just realize through an entire process, and this takes me back to just anything. When you go through anything, not making a team, getting diagnosed with cancer, um, <laughs> and anything in between, you have to take the positives out of any situation. I, I uh, you know. I, not only was I not not there, didn't mm-hmm. didn't know you guys that well during the whole process, and and I think we only met like eight or nine months ago, and I yeah. didn't realize sort of how on the heels of everything you were <laughs> yeah. at yeah, the time. Fair. I remember I was on the heels. I remember. Right. I remember like people mentioning it. I'm like, when? Like, yeah. like, yeah, year, like, like years ago? Yeah. Like, no, yeah. I got bone marrow transplant like two months ago. You're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess it, it it's it's I kind of chuckle when you say take the positivity out of it because it's like. We're here and we get to have these fun conversations about yeah. how sporting life and sport and the 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 key nuggets that you learn out of that can lead towards um, well positivity throughout life. But then to, to it feels like trivial for me to say like, <laughs> yeah, look, everyone <laughs> playing sports can help you beat cancer. Like, yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I mean, you're you're living proof that it happens, but yeah, um, it's 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 also like it it feels kind of uncomfortable to to say or to project but my, I, my... I think it's like honestly though it's like you think about the as we we alluded to earlier the the lessons that you learn of of i want to achieve something i can't just want it i have to i have to do it i have to put in the effort i have to put in the work right? and it was that's how it worked in soccer but then it's also the exact same thing with cancer it was like i want to be here I've got to go into it as fit mentally and physically as I can be. And it's like, if your mentality had switched and you had just had this negative mentality, who knows what the outcome would have been, right? It's So it's like, I take that the lesson that you learned from soccer as to how to achieve the goal that you wanted, it translated perfectly to the challenge you were going to face with chemotherapy and, and going through that and trying to survive this this thing. No, you're right. And it it's not... I can understand, like, yeah, it's a, yeah, if you played sports, you're not going to die. Yeah. Like, totally. But the reality is, in those moments when you're sitting in a hospital bed and you've got nobody around and you're sitting at home on your couch and everyone's life is moving on and you're sitting there just withering away. Yeah. Your mind does wander and you do think, and as trivial as, as, trivial as it does sound, mm-hmm. I... On a stack anything, I did harken back to 
man, there were moments that I didn't power through and I let something get the best of me. And it's my biggest regret, college soccer, right? I didn't achieve what I wanted. I'm sure as hell not going to let that happen. Right. When your life is on the line. With right. mistakes. Yeah. Right. And am I thinking about that every day when I'm out with everyone? No, I'm not. But yeah. when the mind wanders and you're there, those memories are there for a reason. Yeah. To remind me, even if it's in one or two moments of the entire process. Yeah. Those moments still happened in my life and they still had an impact on my process to be to stay alive. Yeah. You built a skill set that... I did. Yeah. That, like I said, got dusted off and put away in a closet for mm-hmm. a little while. But when you're put into a corner, yeah. you you grab whatever you can. Yeah. You rely on to, your instinct. You rely right. on your instinct and you rely on everything you learn plus the people around you to survive. And the reality of the situation is I'm, I was 31 when it happened. 15 to 16 years of my life were playing competitive soccer. Yeah. I hearkened back to that because that was more than half my life. Totally. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's the reality. So here I am. Playing soccer doesn't cure cancer, but I think it. I think it <laughs> played a part in my recovery, and you know I can say a year on, you know, and three years or so later from the time I found out I had it for the first time, I'm a better person for it. Am I still flawed? Hundred <laughs> percent. Am are. I literally different because I had a bone marrow transplant? Yes, I am because <laughs> my body is something different. But you know, it's it's like a full circle moment for me. Yeah. yeah. It was it was something that I went through. I don't regret it. I feel like it had me come full circle. Yeah. Um, and now I can start this other phase of my life and hopefully use all these fun experiences that I had growing up as a soccer player and as a baseball player and as a, just an athlete. Yeah. And just someone who loved being outside and learning these skills that sports taught me. Hopefully I can use those memories now in a way that don't help me beat cancer, but something different. Yeah. T- teaching my kids how to play. Totally. Being a better dad. Being a better husband. Using these... the That's what I want to now use those memories for in the next phase of my life. Yeah. They came sure as hell in handy for the last phase, but I'm ready to move on from that. For yeah. Sure. I mean, I think it's, it's... Throughout this entire chat, it's been so interesting to see, to take the lessons that you've learned and how they've how they've t- like led you to the next phase, right? We had the, we mm-hmm. had the early life of soccer yep. phase that led you into the, Oh my yep. gosh, this is a competitive game <laughs> phase yep. to the, Oh my gosh, I'm pretty good at this. I need to leave what I'm comfortable with to mm-hmm. uh, join something else to continue my development. Like that, that's another big moment. Uh-huh. And had you not done that, you probably, I don't know. I mean, who knows, but you probably wouldn't have gone on to play division one soccer. Yeah, probably not. And, um, and then, all the lessons that you've learned up to that point into D1 soccer, the the maturity shown to uh, to not go first, mm-hmm. to go when you are ready, to step away from the game when, well, to step away from the game when you were ready to step away from the game, yeah. to realize the lesson that you learned at that point that you had become mature enough to do that when, and then look back at your injury and say like, okay, I, I probably could have done that a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And then to take all of those lessons and then, you know, have have to take on, you know, the C word mm-hmm. with yeah. um with with all of that and then come out victorious on the other end. So like again, observer's side here, it's 
quite an incredible tale and uh yeah, yeah. really really cool to to hear and and super inspiring just to because you're only 34 years old. You got a long Jeez. way to go, pal. Long way, yeah. long way to go. Man, and so, I think so, right? I, I mean, I'm I'm certainly excited to, you know, watch you. Yeah. And can continue this journey and, um, see what, the lessons that you've learned up to this point can, yeah. can bring you. No, you know, I think I, it's going to be, exciting. It's great. It's been a pleasure to you know, harken back on some memories. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Share some time here to you know look back and 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 it's a like I said it's fitting time tomorrow being a year removed from bone marrow transplant yeah. it's it's this is really convenient awesome timing so it's been a blast to chat and harken back so well I mean I know you're you're we're working together now South Bay yep. FC let's go our, our new soccer club oh, um yeah. I'm excited to 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 see kind of how these lessons play out um in teaching this next this next round of kids yeah just exactly what. Uh, sports can teach you 100 uh, from 100%. from the positive side of things looking forward to you it you know um so one one thing i wanted to kind of add in talking with producer jackie she she brought this up and i was yep. like oh you know what? that's a really good idea um is there a book or books that that are special to you that you okay. would feel like you might want to recommend to uh, to to people that and it could be, it could be um, you know some kid gets cut from a team and so is there is there like a book that might have a mentality aspect to it that uh, that they might want to read um, is it is it just something that helped you get your mind off things when things were getting tough is there mm. I mean it can be literally anything under the sun any kind of book recommendation you might have for any listeners so you know this is gonna sound sad being an English major at San Jose State. I should have read a thousand books, which I did. <laughs> I did. And I cliff noted a lot of them. But no, <laughs> I read a million books in college. I'm not much of a reader now because I think my mind just wanders and I can't do it. But <laughs> looking back now, it, maybe this is fitting. I, it's a book, Tuesdays with Maury. Oh, yeah. Written by Mitch Album. Mm-hmm. I will actually recommend anything written by Mitch Album, who's a sports yeah. uh, commentator. He's not. He doesn't commentate on games, but he's a, you know, he's a personality. Yep. He has some great insight on a lot of things. Um, he's kind of fading away a little bit now, yeah. you know. But anything by Mitch Album, but Tuesdays with Maury, looking back, you know, Maury was this gentleman that was a person that helped another person gain some perspective. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and see life a different way. And... Now that I look back, anything written by Mitch Album, fantastic. I will admit they're not very long. It's great. They're like 150 perfect. pages. They're perfect. Yeah. You look at them, you're yeah. not intimidated, you know. <laughs> um, but I think I've read, I kind of would like to think I could name off all the other books, but I think I've probably read four of them by Mitch Album. Yeah. But Tuesday was Tuesdays with Maury, fantastic. And looking back, the message through that book has a lot to do with a lot of the things I've had to go through with my life. And I think yeah. a lot of things, a lot of people, We'll have to, you know, we're not going to come across a random guy that we want to talk to who's dying. But, yeah. you know, the lessons learned throughout the book are things that a lot of people can take away and apply to their everyday life. Yeah, so. that's, a, that's a good one. I, I remember reading that. It's been years now. It's a great yeah. book. A I might actually throwback. go back and read it now. I know. Hey, the members are coming <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm going to go read again. And I think he wrote uh, People You Meet in Heaven or something. Yes, like yeah, the yeah, Five Poop You Meet in Heaven. Another one. Thank you very much, Dustin. The Five Poop You Meet in Heaven. Fantastic. 
Yeah. I mean, just literally anything by Mitch Albom. I, I can't speak highly enough of. Well, we'll we'll definitely throw uh, links to those in the show Perfect. notes so people can find those quickly. Perfect on, on Amazon or Audible. I do everything on Audible. Uh, I love Audible. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's my way of consuming. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, awesome. Hey, thank you so much for. I appreciate it for coming on the show. Uh, nice to get Dustin back too. Yeah, great to be back. So so Let's nice go. to have you back. And a pleasure and privilege. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yes. um, so hopefully, listeners, you guys all had a had a good time with this. Be sure to check out our website, athletesrising.org. Um, you can find all of our episodes there. If you want, you can make a donation, a monthly donation to to the podcast. Kind of keeps things running um, and allows us to do some cool stuff. Um, be sure to spread the word on social media. We've got athletes.rising on Instagram. We post uh, all of our episodes there. We post other things there as well some links to, to other cool podcasts and things that we like um so yeah just just join the following and and then also feel free to reach out to us um either through instagram or the website and let us know if there are people that you'd love us to try and interview if there's topics you'd like us to tackle um if there's segments you'd like us to um incorporate into more episodes um let us know we like like to hear feedback um and We'll go from there. So that's a wrap on episode seven. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Dustin. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Adios.